This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Wow, y'all ready for a KO? Kevin Oroz, Oroz, Orozlin. Funny thing is, I know Kevin so much beyond his name. And as a book that I bet we both adore, The Dowdy Ching, I believe it starts something along the lines as the best way to take the power away from something is by naming it. So we definitely went on, we went way beyond labels and words and memes in this podcast. There is a divine connection between brother Kevin and I knocking it out of the park of literal consciousness and going deep into the paradoxes, going deep into the metaphors, going deep into the creativity, especially through the power of linguology. Oh, man. Kevin, what I'll say right now is I remember meeting him at a tribe design in British Columbia and him telling me that he, like, it felt like his confession, he, he, it was like, this is a big moment, a very courageous act for him to tell me this, but he thinks he could maybe run these type of retreats even better than me. And I was like, I love that. I love that. I love someone that's willing to challenge me, that they're so passionate about some, doing something similar to me that we're going to let iron sharpen iron. And hey, maybe he does do it. Maybe he does do things better than me at a retreat settings. And maybe I do some things better than him. And I love that we're willing to have those type of conversations out loud, not only just with us, but with everyone. So I trust y'all dive deep into this divine download and synergistic communication. I learned so much. I learned so much from Kevin. It's amazing. Oh, and I trust y'all might be on your morning walk right now listening to this, which I think it makes it that much more exciting. Pay attention. Pay attention to not only what's being transmitted here, but what's being transmitted around you and how this is maybe influencing the way you're seeing things and how the way you're seeing things is influencing the way you're hearing this. And if you want to change the way you see things, you got that power. Who else? Does, I don't think anyone else does more than you do. So talk about it, think about it, feel about it. Let's break normal. Here we go. Ready, Kevin? Boom. Okay, KO. You ready for a knockout? I'm ready to knock it out, TKO style. Ready for a flow state? Already there. I would love for you to symbolize the flow state that we're experiencing with maybe if you could recreate the vibration you were with that singing bowl is that what you call that a singing bowl singing bowl yeah oh man that felt good hey if you're listening to this see if you can tune into the frequency as my friend kid cuddy would say There what is <laughs> that that cannot be named. Yeah, so about that, what is happening there? What do you think we're doing or what do you think you're doing with that bowl and what is what's happening in the air or what's happening in the room as that's happening in your perspective? <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a standing chaotic wave crystallized into a vibration that vibrates air molecules if i wanted to scientism it 
Um, other than that, I don't know. It's it's a phenomenon. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, so I would I want to start with this uh, with the celebrating synchronicity because I told you I had a story to share with you about a synchronicity with Stan Groff, Tim Ferriss, Hal Elrod, the previous recording, and uh, I just saved it for the podcast because I knew you were coming this way. I was like, I'll just tell you the story Perfect. quickly. Um, so I was definitely be- becoming friendlier with our um, our friends known as mushrooms mm-hmm. one morning, very small dosage. And I went to decide to do the lifesavers. This is the day after I had the interview with Hal. And I realized, first of all, I do the lifesavers in a way, in my own way. And and I'm like, wow. So that's interesting that I could find out that my morning ritual very much aligns with Hal's, who acronymed it and acronymed it. Morning Savers. And and then it spread like by by putting a label to it, by symbolizing it, that how all of a sudden it was adopted in the culture. And I, somehow I was tuned into that frequency without even knowing that there was a label to it. Right. And I also honor Hal because I, I don't think I was as like clear with the affirmation part. I sure. There's something, there's some sort of powerful distinction in like, oh, I'm doing this to visualize something. I'm doing this to, um, this is an affirmation. I'm going to speak this out loud. Not only write it down, not only visualize it, but make it, kind of systemize it. So that might be something we can bring in. And, and what it caused me to do, one of the lifesavers, um, what, and you, do you know what the lifesavers? Because y'all did this ritual when yeah. we lived next door in is last year. What was that morning ritual? We actually would practice the savers method which is silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, scribing. Um, but yeah, we, we actually adopt that methodology because we had encountered Hal at so many conferences and masterminds. And I mean, that was the first thing I noticed about it was like, this is already what we're doing. He just put acronyms to it and like, we don't have to think about it now. It's like, oh, okay, let's just do savers. Like that just became a thing. So I recommend doing them. Sounds like you do them. I like to do what successful people do. I judge you to be successful. And um, it's especially successful in synergizing with, um, I believe, what created us that wants to use you for. Like, I feel like you're in in flow with the divine. I'd like to think so. <laughs> I've come to think about it like channeling. Like less of the woo-woo channeling, but... Uh... Like stuff like morning rituals just puts me in a state that's maximally able to access that channel, which we call the divine or the all. Well, cool. So celebration to Hal for, um, once again, being this, every episode seems to stack onto each other. And I'm happy that you, he inspired you to like maybe make your morning ritual even more intense, which catalyze you potentially for my affirmation of you being in flow with the divine oh yeah so what happened one morning i decided i'm like i'm gonna read a book instead of just listening to one how i usually done it i used to go i'd go on long walks and listen to audiobooks right. at fast speed even doing while doing breath work sometimes <laughs> while on my like kratom kratom green drink that i made a video finally about explaining nice. that you got to name that thing, the acronym on it. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm also a little annoyed that uh, I'm not hearing you through my earphones. Are you hearing me through my earphones? 
I am. I, I mine seems a little subdued. I think we're good, and I'm willing to continue regardless of getting yeah. annoyed about it. Because regardless of this is being recorded or not, it, it's worth doing. And I want to note totally. that I want to also affirm everyone that's doing anything that they're doing it regardless of the symbolic outcome. Mm. Because it's a the journey like the, you're, if you're living in a way where the journey is the destination that you're doing what you want to do now instead of doing something you think you're you don't want to do so that you can do it in the future by making money or something like that. <laughs> right, right. I, I just want to affirm the people that are on the path of doing not only what's for a big vision but for uh, for the process of it as well. And that might be something else we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, I can affirm that as well. Like if you're playing for an outcome, then. Yeah, it's just going to have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, well, like our friend Brandon Hawk might would say, and he found out, from, he was also in the previous episode, um, would say that when he finally played in the Wimbledon, which was his dream, how empty he felt. Mm. Because maybe the, maybe he was doing it for a reason that wasn't so clear to his soul, and maybe he wasn't appreciating the process as much as he could have. I think anyone that climbs a mountain and gets to the peak, especially if it was challenging, they're going to eventually realize that the mountain peak is as special as every step of the way was to get there. Yeah. Even at the base. Yeah. Here we are at base camp. <laughs> I actually told, um, we were going to probably do a tribe design in Idaho at a place called base camp. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right outside Sun Valley. So if you, if you're following us with this, so much are you following this whole conversation I'm following yeah. okay cool so if I tr whoever else is still surfing these soul waves with us i woke up the next morning and i decided to read a book instead of only listening to an audible and i saw a book on the shelf that i thought was pretty fascinating called the holotropic mind from stan groff oh yeah and i and i was like wow i'm actually gonna sit down and read a book <laughs> <laughs> And I started reading it, and I, I started with the acknowledgments. And at the very end of the acknowledgments, and this is, uh, it, there's this sentence. It says, thanks to Hal's unusual personal qualities, sharing the work on this project, a task that had its challenges and problems, has been very rewarding and brought us closer together. And then I just looked on, before we about to sat, sit down here, it says with this guy named Hal. And I was just like, wow, this is so interesting. I'm reading because this guy named Hal. And before I even right, started right. this book, the author's acknowledging this guy named Hal. And then here I am doing a podcast with a guy named Hal. And I'm not, I'm not subscribed to many podcasts. I'm, subscri sure. I'm subscribed to Tim Ferriss's. Um, and that I think was more, even more so not only because I respect him and interested, but I'm imagining he's like a great model for success mm -hmm. with podcasting. One of the Godfathers. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, I, I, once again, if you, if anyone's listening, including myself, if I'm listening to what I'm saying right now, if I want to be successful or whatever I judge to be successful, I trust that I'm surrounding myself with people and places, and they're they're embodying that success that I um, and, am envisioning having. Having otherwise, I'm I might be being delusional. <laughs> Yeah, energy is a real thing and the spaces that we spend time in with are a real thing just like what we eat is a real thing and just like what we oh, yeah. look at is a real thing and just like what we listen to is a real thing and these are all real influences on my life but they're like they're like grooves like when you're talking about successful people like they've they've greased a groove of behavior or pattern that's probably valuable and maybe not like what I've like learned, like, you know, seeing these high performance habits is 
the reason I thought they were powerful isn't the reason I felt powerful doing them, right? It's maybe counterintuitive, like the, like the morning routine itself. Until I fully committed to it, I didn't understand why it was potent. Uh, that's the, in my opinion, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Right. Knowledge is like understanding the idea. Wisdom is acting it out. So here I am acting out. I, I heard a lot about this lifesavers. I'm like, I'm going to act it out. I'm going to sit down here and read a book. And here he is. I'm like, the guy, Hal, he suggested me doing this through his book. I just had a podcast with him, and I'm reading the book. It's saying thanking another guy named Hal. And it's all about this guy that's into psychedelics, which I decided to – I'm not saying if they were psychedelic mushrooms or not. I know some people. <laughs> here we are. We're playing in the Matrix. This is a game. I'm, I'm, I'm not deciding to – pretend I'm not part of the matrix. I am. I'm playing with it. So I, here I am on, the, I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then later that day, I get a notification on my phone and it's from Tim Ferriss for his episode that he's interviewing Stan Groff oh, wow. about 400 and something certain psychedelic experiences. And it's all about like consciousness. I, I started listening to it. It's like, what the heavens is going on? I mean, I, I thought Stan Groff, I, when I was reading this book, I, pretty, I thought he was dead. Right. I didn't even think this was a living person. And then all of a sudden I get, a, I don't get many podcast notifications. I'm getting one that's saying, Tim Ferriss is, is just released, Stan Groff. <laughs> uh, let, me, uh, read the, let me read the title of this book, The Holotropic Mind. The subtitle is The Three Levels of Human Consciousness and How They Shape Our Lives. What do you think that subtitle is about? Do you without have you read this book? I haven't. I'm but familiar, familiar with Groff's work. I haven't read the book. So um, what do you think? What do you can? What is this? The three levels of human consciousness and how they shape our lives. What do you imagine he is alluding <laughs> to with that subtitle? I mean, the the basic understanding. I think this is like folk pop psychology at this point. Is like the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. That's the first thing it triggered, right? So that that to me is like, oh yeah, which one shapes? our reality more so what and what does that how does what do you think for yourself and uh, noting we were talking about the holy trinity before this i wonder if that's a holy Ooh. trinity of sorts yeah yeah i mean i i tend to think and believe because i once was in this model where like my conscious mind and actions was responsible for most of my reality and through my studies in psychology through my travels through my direct experience i've come to realize it's a lot of the other parts the subconscious or the unconscious mind which i heard a really good metaphor recently you you might enjoy so um the conscious mind you can think of it as like you're a ship captain right so if we're in the middle of the ocean i'm like the ship captain on my boat and that's like the conscious mind it's like oh okay i want to go to this island so here's the map you know we're going to set the wind we're going to set sail and so that's the conscious mind right the subconscious mind is like what I could see maybe like six to eight feet below the surface of the water. So it's like, ooh, look, a pot of dolphins. Or like, there's some seaweed over there. It's like, that's like the subconscious mind. The unconscious mind is everything below that to the depths that like I have no awareness of because I'm on the surface. I'm on the boat. I love that. I love that. As a, and I would personally replace like instead of the ship and the captain, I'm surfing. And Even I can exactly understand what that means from a surface perspective because there are times when I'm surfing and I'm looking down, I'm like, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's a dolphin. And I'm still, <laughs> I'm still shooken up. <laughs> and then, and then I can also be like, what's beyond that? It's just, I don't know. Whoa. And I also want to note that I got a, I got a video back today from our friend Elliot Hulse. 
Mm. Because I sent him a video about how I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream <laughs> that this is. I got this message back today to make it extra synchronous. Um, I told him I had a dream yesterday. How and that was the night before that we were on a retreat, and he was taking. I stayed up all night, and I was awake all night at the retreat, and that's why I was dreaming. <laughs> and then Elliot Hulse wanted to take a swimming with sharks. Like, he wanted to take a swimming, and I don't know if he knew. I knew there were sharks there. I, I've already been studying this area, and I knew there was these sharks that were swimming all around, and he wanted to take a swimming there. And in my dream, I'm like, so he wants to take a swimming, and, and I know there are sharks there. And I was thinking, I guess I might go. <laughs> like, I was thinking I was going to go, and I'm like, does he know? Does he know there are sharks there? And he, his Whoa. response was hilarious. Do you have a... Do you have a um, <laughs> Do you have a guess or anything? You What do you I think mean, his response was and what do you take from that? Oh my goodness. I mean, there's so many levels. I, I My first thought was like, what would Stan Groff say? Because I know he's deep into dream psychology. Um, but man, I, 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 I suspect Elliot was like, yeah, fuck it, Daniel, let's go. You know, like that, that's my experience of Elliot. He would be gung-ho and he'd be like, like, yes, there's sharks, so what? And... Um, we both met Elliot at the same time for the first time. Is that right? BC. In British Columbia, there was definitely some sharky waters Ooh. and some oh, metaphoric yeah. some lake. great whites. Yeah. Um, and then you, but you've spent much more time with him. I have. You went to how? Like, what's your experience with Elliot? Oh Hulse? man, I went. Now, we went hey Elliot, we went Hulse in the future in. when we do a podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> hey, looking hey. forward to that one. <laughs> so much respect to Elliot. Um, yeah, Elliot is uh, holding a very interesting gene key of meditation, um, which is like the Osho bioenergetic tradition. So there's like the Wilhelm Reich whole world, which is interesting because there's an intersection synchronicity nexus here too, because Stan Groff was a part of the psychedelic revolution with like Tim Leary and, you know, the, the people that first ruptured the plane with, with psychedelics in the 60s. And they were all studying Freud and Jung because they're like, what's going on in the human consciousness? And a uh, student of Freud, Wilhelm Reich was like, um, just talking to people about psychological things doesn't seem to work. So he took it into the body. It's like actually like posture, breath, um, catharsis, like basically taking the thesis that the issues are in the tissues all the way was his model. And so to answer your original question, um, I've been through now maybe 20 to 30 whole, like whole day trainings total of immersion in this kind of work with Elliot Hulse and his teacher, Krishana Locke, who was directly taught by Osho. Osho. Oh, <laughs> it, it almost sounded like I was going to say, oh, shit. <laughs> the thought flickens. Here we are. So my, I, without, I, I would, there's a part of me that's tempted to play Elliot's video, um, but I'm not going to. Uh, Maybe you can include it in the outro. Or no need to even explain myself. And thank you for that suggestion. I like that. That's all of a sudden pretty appropriate. Um, was that? Yeah, he said he's he's been swimming in these waters for. He's been swimming in the waters of the unconscious for a long time. He said where there's demons want to get you and bite you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> once again, <laughs> good at triggering me and <laughs> evolving even through video. I'm like, what? And uh, I was inviting him to come to our Hawaii retreat or Costa Rica or we're gonna do a, a tribe design I think over Valentine's Day in Costa Rica. Oh wow! And then one in Austin, March 22nd, Whoa. and he sounds very interested in the March 22nd one and he was just like 
honored that we want to do that and telling me that he really appreciates the dream and that um yeah he's, he says it makes so perfect sense because that's what he does oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah he's, he wants to, he, i think he he takes people swimming with sharks I mean, I've I've experienced a lot of things both in BC and with Elliot that fit very neatly into that metaphor. <laughs> yeah. So, Stan Groff. <laughs> I see on the back is like Ram Ram Das is quoting him. Fred Allen Wolf. Anyways, I, I'm thinking there's something with you and Stan Groff and the psychedelic world and breakthroughs to new dimensions of consciousness. That we could explore. What what has been some of your biggest ways to do what I just quoted Stan Groff's uh, subtitle of his first chapter, which is break or his first chapter, breakthroughs to new dimensions of consciousness. Yeah, this is this is big. This is like this is part of the DNA of what I believe. A, I'm most interested in, and just like I'm stoked on puts me in a flow state. I do it for free, and I think a lot of my work, which is young, is about. And I think it, it fits into uh, altered states is like the way to talk about it. Um, the one thing I uh, listened to from the podcast with Stan Groff and Tim Ferriss was he doesn't even prefer altered states. He prefers, that's why he said the holotropic states or... or um, non-ordinary. Non-ordinary. Non-ordinary states not, Which one feels best to you? Not ordinary. I, I like altered, personally. Altered, altered states feels good. I'm, like I'm, I'm putting Stan on an altar real quick. <laughs> even I don't know. I thought this guy was dead a few days ago and now he's alive and doing... No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met Stan Groff, but... So funny story of Stan Groff. I both at Lucidity Festival, which is a transformative festival in, in Santa Barbara that I went to in 2014, and at Burning Man in 2016, I did holotropic breathwork with disciples of Stan Groff, who's who directly studied with him. So like short short backstory here, and this was this was the first thing I got really stoked on and studied when I came to California and left Austin, Texas to actually begin my my cowboy adventure in altered states was uh, basically long story short in the sixties when uh, the government schedule one banned psilocybin, LSD, ketamine, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I um, want to be, uh, that's new news to me. I want to just take a note of that. Are you saying psilocybin used to be legal up until the sixties? Oh yeah. There wasn't legislation on it. So at Harvard, when Tim Leary and all these guys were like, they, they basically went to Oaxaca, Mexico, the Oaxacan Mountains in Mexico, where there's a, a very thriving culture. They met a shaman named Maria Sabina, and there's a whole, you know, thousand-year-old culture that uses psilocybin. Um, and they were like, wait, what? And like, they'd never heard of magic mushrooms. And so they brought them back to do research on, and it wasn't illegal. There was no legislation. Okay. And I also want to make a quick note for, <laughs> for the sake of synchronicity as well, that one of the reasons we became next door neighbors is I remember walking down the block where we used to live in Encinitas and right really close to us, like a five minute walk is this sign with three mushrooms. There's three mushrooms, I think. And the sign says, Timothy Leary loved, laughed and lived, loved and laughed and got high here. Right. And I was like, oh my. And I knew the mystic messages were like, and it was for rent. It was for rent. I was like, oh, they were talking about moving next to us. I'm like, uh, I think this might be your place, guys. And it, was although just... there was an upgrade beyond that, that's what triggered it. Oh, yeah. So to me, there's something with um, mushrooms in particular. I don't know if we want to call them like the, the internet of consciousness or something. Uh, some, I would be curious what you have to say about that. But they're, it, they, they, 
they definitely, in my judgment, seem to bend uh, time, for sure, and space, and connect things in a way that I'm like, whoa, I never, I don't know if I saw that connection so clearly. Oh, yeah. I can see clearly now <laughs> the rain. And, yeah, the rain is gone. Like, mushrooms are a big part of the wet decomposition cycle of life, which, like, if I'm going to... Uh, indulge in any type of plant substance i like i i I would probably prefer to be where those plants thrive in particular so taking mushrooms in like a like a apple store (laughs) in seattle is very different than taking mushrooms in the olympic national park near seattle Mm, mm, well said i mean you just said like I mean, the, the synchronicities right now are building to a crescendo. Like, I'm just like, the energy in my body, I'm just like, this is this is just gold. You can't even make this up. Um, so fast forward to the past where we were going to move to Encinitas from LA. We were on the fence and you texted us a picture of that Timothy Leary house. At the time, I was reading Timothy Leary and I saw that picture and I was like, we're dropping everything and we're getting that house. And as you said, it didn't pan out. And it ended up we actually moved in next door to you without next even trying. Yeah, let's put this let's put this in context because I, I would say the best street in the world to live on is arguably ne- Neptune Avenue in Encinitas, California. It depends on what you're interested in. If you're interested in surfing, entrepreneurship, um, organic food, clean living, altered and abnormal states of consciousness. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, let's talk about that. I think Pramahansa Yogananda has a temple there. Charlie Chaplin lived next door. Tony Hawk. I mean, there are... Uh, Tony pe- Robbins has a house nearby. Okay, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me who lives there. Uh, anyone that seems to be making huge impacts in the world. And there was literally the first shark bite, I think, reported recently. At Beacons. At Beacons. Just to make this extra thick, the plot extra thick. <laughs> Or the thought extra plick. Um, but yeah, I was living on Neptune Avenue. I was the first place I chose to live probably in a decade. I've been traveling pretty consistently for a decade. And Deanna was th- in her third trimester of pregnancy. And I was like, oh, shit. You mean we got to choose a place? We're going to choose a place for a year. All of a sudden, Deanna, I could just see it in her eyes. Like She was ready to set up Nest. And I was like, I, let's do it. So I'm like, if we're going to live somewhere, I'm going to live on Neptune Avenue. And it's neat. That's, so I just kept driving up and down the block arguably recklessly and I and uh, without sure. uh, without getting uh, into the whole story I found a place and, uh, <laughs> and the, the, the place found me and it worked out in a very crystalline fashion <laughs> trippy 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 and here we are we had our did we have Davina at that point well, I was ri- or not yet it was right before right before and I knew the Mystic Mystics we were synergizing on a level that's beyond understanding like we are now and they wanted to move to Encinitas, so I've been walking up and down the blocks, especially because we had just got a pit bull well, and doing your pregnant. morning walk while yeah. you listen to audiobooks in your routine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there, there, where I want to live, it doesn't work just to look on Craigslist. You got to have like an inside usually. And so I was walking up and down the blocks and looking up at the signs because the sign that when they put up a for rent sign, they want locals to live there. And I uh, found one. That was this Timothy Leary house. <laughs> And that did not work out. And we're like, I, I just was shocked. I was like, that that was for a reason. Like that, why did I? And then sure enough, later on, I found out the guy next door to me who was like dating a guru somehow ended up going to jail and his house was went up on the market. And the Hemistic Mystics got the house next door to us. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It literally happened. 
and we lived there uh, for a year. And the and the was there a, what's next? What's next with this story? I wanted to make that connection, just like while I'm here with yeah. you, I'm like man, this is so there, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what's next. It's just <laughs> there's some, there's a nexus here between like mycelial networks, dolphins and sharks, flow states and surfing, altered states, like, and then like entrepreneurship and uh, this is something really funny. So. Right down the street from us, like all the streets in Encinitas are named after either Greek gods or planets, right? So like we were near the corner of Neptune Avenue and Jupiter Street, which I later found out when uh, Melissa was actually living with us. She's like, guys, we're living on the corner of illusion and prosperity and luck, which is what Neptune and Jupiter represent in Greek mythology, which I, I always like took to heart. I was like, this is so funny. Like... Is, was there a more of a like lucky, prosperous, and like maybe illusory place than Neptune Avenue in, in that scene? Yeah, it's a super special area. That's a super special area. And where we're at right now is a super special area. I, all right, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. From my understanding, this whole place used to be under the ocean. Yep. So that's why there's the, these things that are limestone used to be coral reefs. And they, I've also heard there's a rose quartz bedding underneath it all. And there's volcanoes here from the Cretaceous. So like there, when the dinosaurs walked the earth, and I heard this from a geologist, because I, I went to school here, there's dormant volcanoes in the Texas hill country from a Cretaceous. Like it was an ocean, and then when it rose out, the volcanoes came up. So there's like a lot of like fossil marine life, geomagnetic, quartz crystal, like energy here. On top of the what came after that, like arrowheads, allegedly. The guy I went hunting with, he was just like an arrowhead collector. So, so Austin, Texas, now that we, you've lived in Encinitas, we've both lived in both places. You've lived in Austin a lot longer than me, and I've lived in Encinitas, I would say, longer than you, but not a lot longer sure. than you. Um, Austin, to me, is a place of uh, music. Somehow the people pay attention to the music that wants to live through them. Mm. And 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 water, lots of good water. But oh, yeah. there's something about the people and the music here. There's there is something about it. I mean, it has the moniker of the the live music capital of the world, is what Austin loves to say, right? And and maybe that's true. Like, there's more indie bands and small rock bands and like unique little like three piece jazz groups. And I know because I. One of my roommates uh, in college was a musician. He was a bassist in a band. And so I got to go to the scene and like go to emos and stubs and like ACL and South by every year. And like there, there is an energy in Austin that if you're a musician, no matter what, even if you're working at a gas station, you could make it, you know, make it. And you seem like you're under the influence of music. I am. <laughs> <laughs> music is one of my favorite altered states. Yeah, what does that mean to you it, that you accept that you are under the influence of music? I mean, this is this is big. I, I never identified as a musician. I skipped band as a kid to go into theater, which was an interesting. I <laughs> dropped band and I focused on baseball. Just side note, we can talk about that later, maybe. <laughs> interesting. Um, but funny, like through the years, I've my my verbal ability, which I would say was always my strong suit. I just needed to learn how to rhyme. 
And now I would say like, although I, I mean, I, I couldn't maybe hang with Snoop or Kid Cudi, like my freestyle rap hip hop skills, if I'm really in a flow state, which is what it is, it's one of my favorites. Um, that's what I say. I'm un definitely under the influence of music. Like music is uh, the most accessible altered state without perturbing consciousness through exogenous substances. It's a word salad for you. I mean, I want to hear that one more time. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> I would argue for the average human that music is the most accessible altered state outside of perturbing consciousness with exogenous substances. And what do you mean by perturbing? So to, uh, to Stan Groff's favorite term, which I, I love his philosophy. I don't know why he doesn't like altered states. There's probably good reasons behind it. But um, ordinary baseline consciousness is consciousness unperturbed. So like when you perturb a pond, if it's like just a glassy still pond, it's just like, oh, I can see what's underneath the water. I can see a reflection. If you throw a pebble in it, you've perturbed the pond. Now it's like, it's like a ripple. And so when you, uh, you know, ingest sugar or red meat, or you take a sip of a beer, or you take a toke, whatever, that, whatever it is, you're perturbing baseline consciousness is what I mean. Great, great. I love that. <laughs> I would. I, the first thing that came to mind that I was like, I, I love, I like it, I like it. I, I, and I think someone could say that it depends on the person or the individual. I would imagine, like, maybe that for, the same thing is for someone for dance or for fighting, sure, or for hunting or for surfing. Maybe we can all find our unique. And I love that quote. I want you to be. I want you to be quoted on that. I don't know. I feel if, good about it. Um. So that's the case for you. It sounds like it's the case for me, which is why I'm gonna put it out there. And I think that uh, no matter who you are or where you are in the world, I heard some some. Uh, this is another quote. Just to to extend this quote, like music is a universal language. Like you could meet an African. Aborigine or a deep Amazon Witoto Indian. And like, if you just had a drum, you could communicate with them. You don't need to know any language. M music is like a, which music is just like rhythm, harmony, and vibration syncopated. Like you could, you could talk to any human being and link up on music on a very base level. I like the triple A too. What do you say? Amazon Aborigine. <laughs> what was the third one? Amazon, like an Amazon Indian, an Aboriginal, or a African. An African. Has, I adore alliterations as well. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this is a lot to think about. There's a lot, yeah. A lot to feel about, a lot to not think about. Totally. This is what I've always liked about you, Daniel, is like, I just want to celebrate you momentarily on your podcast. The, the first experiences I had with you and the continued experiences I've had for you, with you, for you, for you and with you, is just your ability to both wield language skillfully and to, to, as you just said, not think and just ride the flow state. Mm. What I call the flow state, whatever that is. Yeah, and I would say on that note, that's why, I, so surfing, if here we are, what I learned from surfing is that one of my favorite parts about surfing is wiping out. If that wasn't true, I wouldn't be doing it. And I think maybe other people wouldn't admit that. A safe wipeout, I think any good surfer can appreciate. Because it means, oh, you pushed the edge. You found the edge. Right. You found the edge. And you, 
the white balance that I slash if I can project we like are the ones where we come out fine so it's like and I survived a little like wow I just became strong right that was I had to surrender I had to surrender because if I try so if for someone that's surfing a big wave this is the one thing that and I'm not I wouldn't classify myself as a big wave surfer like Laird Hamilton but I have surf waves that have scared me very much so and um when I wiped out on those, I took a deep breath. I, I aimed to remember to take a deep breath and then go ragdoll style. Right. Because <laughs> if I try to try to exert oxygen, trying to figure out which way was up, which way was down, that was not going to be in my benefit. <laughs> it would be actually in your detriment a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think part of the flow state active flow state activation is remembering the future of surrendering as well. And that might be the best part, depending. It, it might make the best. It might make everything else the best part as well. <laughs> wow. So the, this was something else funny. Like just, just like observing you talk, um, you have a really good sense too of like the figure and the ground of language. I want to paint it like a somewhat complex metaphor here. So like the figure would be like a person in a photo and the, and the ground or the background would be like the, the scene, right? The sunset. Like uh, most people focus on the figure because it's like, oh, like in language, it's like, oh, the subject. Like let's talk about the subject, like blah, 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 blah. However, like the ground is everything that's not being talked about. And I, I just like, I, I see you do that maybe more than anyone I know. Oh man, I'm going to accept that affirmation. I'm going to build on it because this podcast is going to be released in the future of probably what I'm about to talk about. And I, I, I'm not, I'm just going to go for it. So I'm going to do it. The, I told you how the next uh, episode of the Breaking Normal News flashes, which I, at this point, the only two that have been released is um, Here we go. The Flu is Not a Season and the Domestication of Education. I think the next one's going to be called the circumcision circumcision of consciousness. And it's going to be elephants are going to be in the background. Oh. And it's to allude, it's allude to allude to the elephant in the room of America. Mm. And in Africa. Right. And uh <laughs> I do think I have a gift of not only seeing the elephant in the room. <laughs> But reminding everyone else that it's there. <laughs> so just like Elliot might want to take people swimming with sharks, I like just want to remind everyone of the elephant in the room. <laughs> I just had a vision of uh, the breaking normal safari. <laughs> like drawing attention to the elephants, like almost like a tour guide. But in your case, and what, what we've experienced in our life together as uh, retreat facilitators, um, Sometimes it's really obvious if you've uh, noticed elephants in your consciousness, um, facilitating noticing of elephants in others' consciousness. And I've, I've seen that happen to explosive effect. <laughs> yeah, well, I think when an elephant roars, it's pretty explosive. From my understanding, elephants kill more people than any other animal on Earth. By far. Oh. And uh, I guess in Africa hippopotamuses killed the most people if I'm, if I'm going from in Africa the country itself but worldwide worldwide yeah I believe that and it's because uh, from my understanding of these rogue male elephants maybe when they're kind of in the in the heat oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, in the heat of things, you've traveled to Asia, correct? Have. have you been to Africa? I haven't. Um, did you see elephants in Asia? Yeah, there's there's there was a lot of elephant sanctuaries and camps actually in Thailand and Malaysia. Thailand is where Devine, uh, Deanna, not Davina, but Deanna was born. What what did your trip to Thailand? Where did your trip to Thailand take you? Within inner space, especially. Oh man, um, all over. Outer space, I, in the outer space, I went all over northern Thailand and southern. Um, favorite spots are definitely Chiang Mai and Koh Phangan. Yan. But uh, it's funny like, to, to bring this full circle to the psilocybin and the mushrooms. Um, let's see if I can remember the Thai. Head Ki Mao, I think, is the Thai for mushrooms, like this, the magic kind, which I, I want to throw this out there for myself. There's no uh, prescription or support here. I'm just reporting on my own direct experiences of these substances. Um, the strongest mushrooms in Thailand grow in elephant dung. That's what I heard. Yeah, if I, I think when in Georgia, my friends that used to get mushrooms would get it from cow dung, which is interesting of how they're such cows and elephants are such sacred symbols in, in Hindu religion and a lot of religions. Right. Yeah, Davina seems to be really connected to elephants. Our landlord bought us an elephant before we had her. <laughs> like, not a real elephant, but like a nice wooden one. I mean, Ganesh is a, uh, he's a powerful deity in the Asian lore in Buddhism and Hinduism, where uh, Ganesha, Ganesha is both intellectual discrimination, so it's like cutting away what's true and not true, and the unblocker and remover of obstacles which makes sense for an elephant, right? Like you're not going to put anything up in front of a charging elephant that's going to stop it. All right. This, let's, we're going to take a break right now. I'm going to do the cameras and take a pee and whatever else we want to do. And we're Word. at a minute 40. So we might do another 21 minutes after this, if that sounds Perfect. good to you. 21 to 31. I'm down. Rasta. Okay, we're back. One clap away from a flow state is what you said. I love that expression. Like, you're always one flow state away from whatever you want. Whatever All right, so how does someone get in the flow state, and what does that mean to you to be in the flow state? <sighs> Come on, rapid fire. So flow state, pretty simple ways to understand you're in one. You don't have a sense of self. You're effortlessly creating momentum. You're in a, in a passionate state. So it's like it's coming from a a joy, ecstasy, bliss type of vibration. That look, looks different for everyone. And you're really competent at whatever you're doing. I'd say if when all those things meet, the center points of flow state. Can we acronymize that? And can we actualize that? <laughs> We've already actualized it in this podcast. Um, an acronym. I, I would need like a pen and paper. And what, like, if you, what if you're a freestyle away from acronymizing it? Okay, let's see. Maybe you can flow state about what a flow state is. Bliss, ecstasis, competence, success. It's like because, because, like. <laughs> oh, keep going. We're channeling Hal Elrod right now. All right. Um, no, no. I think you're channeling you in the form <laughs> of a flow state. Flow state. Uh, here's your bait. Ooh, Let's go on a okay. date. This oh, is your fate. Oh, so you're talking about... You're talking about entering a pacious flow state in which my pace realizes there's no weight because my momentum is no gate. You can't gatekeep what's going to satiate 
the beekeep like a hexagonal colony. I honey pollinate everything that's polity. Political correctness is a fallacy. And I open up to what's free. That's the bliss inside of thee. Channeling divine so all can see. All see and I is one to be. To be or not to be is what Hamlet stated. At the same time, the vibration syncopated. Through the visual sound system, I open up a blistering rhythm. There's no passionate way to be further than an ism. But isms separate the human organism. Organism might be the only true ism that I'm going to speak to in this prison. <laughs> Here we are. There you got it. Yeah, I like it. Um, the way I, so, you know, Tyson and you and several others, but Tyson and you in particular have been really catalytic for creating a space, a flow state in the form of what I would judge to be like poetically speaking in tongues. <laughs> That's a great way to talk about it. Yeah, what is that? Dude. Okay, so there's there's a hot word. This is a hot word. Glossolalia. Glossolalia is the psychological term for speaking in tongues. And it's actually... Uh, I mean, what I was doing was like channeling language at a high speed and barely in time. This is how I think about it. Barely in time, semantically piecing it together. So that means it has meaning. So like in my head, I'm just rhyming words. And at the last minute, which I couldn't think about, I just trust that it'll semantically make sense. Whereas uh, glossolalia is like gibberish. So like in charismatic churches, when someone's just like, that's like glossolalia. Yeah, I see it as usual as like walking a tightrope between two different, maybe between the split in our brain. I don't know what is there. Is there a name for this? The, the corpus callosum. Is that the, what's is in what between? Yeah. Okay, okay. I figured there's a name for that. So fun fact: women, on average, have a slightly thicker neuron bundle in their corpus callosum. Hmm. Hmm. That would make sense, <laughs> especially since they're the ones giving birth to the new earth. See, Daniel won't, won't say this, but he's actually a proficient freestyle artist, and I've I've seen proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I am what I am. I am that I am. I am that I am. I'm not gonna dam the waters that want to flow through me because I know when they're free, they won't make a fault. It's not an assault. It's more like that salt, that milk, and the honey to keep uh. me funny with my bunny to realize it's all a game and it's not about the fame. It's about unleashing the great Dane uh. that wants to take every lane because I create this. I am this. I'm not going to diss the bliss that wants to come hiss. Because we're crossing the chism. I see through the prism. Mm, feels good to be understood by me. And that's when I know I'm free. Wisdom bars. Thank you for reminding me. 
Yeah, it's that easy. It's that easy not to give a DZ. I don't know if you're feeling me. I would love to see Kevsky keep going on this this key, the master key to unlock the system. Mm. Master key system. Whoa. You're talking about circumcision. This is a master key prison to break through the system. Matrix codes in my rhythm. I break through with one flick them. Flick them off like a dragon on the shoulder. You're not going to chill in the bandwagon that's a boulder. That's too big. I lift it like the Hulk. Call me green. I'm looking through a lucid dream. That's my scene. Holotropic breathworks got me going super mean. I don't need psychedelics. My state's altered already. When I came into the matrix, I was ready to rock steady. I'm looking through my beady eyes and they asked me, was I ready? I don't know because I sit down here and I'm feeling a little heady. That's why I take a deep breath, get in the cold water. My heart's getting Betty, that's the tiredness I feel, the, the pages that I wield, the words that I peel. I read so many books I can't feel. That's when wisdom comes in. That's what's real. Experiential directness. That's the banana peel I slipped on to realize my political correctness wasn't the shit that made me defect this. Maybe the vaccines infect this. <laughs> We're talking about so much controversial stuff that I, like Ralph wrecked this, like the internet. That's the mycelial network that I knew was wet. Growing extra mushrooms with the moisture from the jaw sun. Warming it up off the warm gun. The truth that I speak is super spun. Like strong spider silk, I know I'm on the run. Oh, see, so what's weird about this is sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. That's where it's like speaking in times. <laughs> yeah, I want to keep going because I think we're flowing. You're talking about spinning a web like it's Charlotte dreaming. I feel the spirit streaming. Shit. I'm gleaning. I don't even know what that means. Because it's the true laser beam and wants to come through me. And it feels like Jaws blessing me. And I can be in Glee. Is that what the TV show's about? Is that what everyone wants to give a shout about? When they see everyone else stand up and scream, they like, look at that guy. He's living the dream. He doesn't give a shit because he knows this is it. This is it. And I'm the shit. And so are you. So get over the flu and whatever gives you the blues. It's all part of the fun, and it's all already been done. It's time to remember the future and future beyond time. This is the space. Did you feel it? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like in freestyle, there's a... Uh... There's things conveyed that I can never convey in a conversation. Yeah, I love tribe designs and those type of experiences because that's what it seems. I don't, I don't, I haven't studied Shakespeare much, but I think I know what he was up to and to realize that, yeah, we have all these different ways to express ourselves. And it can be musically, it can be through our posture, as you said, and that can come through in the form of dance. It can be the way we speak. It can be way, the way we don't speak, and then we're just when we're just still. I think some of the loudest people have the least to say.
Well, on that on that being that being said, man, I'm feeling like this is good. And if you have anything else that you want to bring to the table, I'm all in. <laughs> well, I, what I, what I wanted to say was uh, holographic states. And I, 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 like what this, the seed crystal of a lot of what we talked about was uh, what I like to call the flow state or an altered state what Stan Groff likes to call a non-ordinary state or a holographic state, you know, I think um, no matter how you dice it, you and I, if I could generalize, and a lot of the superheroes we enjoy and do a lot of business, play, et cetera, with are practitioners of that state, which is unnameable, but there's always like labels for it. And it's a, uh, well, in, in a world where, um, fitting in is celebrated. It's a non-ordinary state. And so the practitioners of that state and the uh, new economy will be as successful as they are willing to blur outside the lines, as willing as they are to break normal, as willing as they are to uh, trust in the fast energy, as I know you're familiar with. The fast flowing energy that is non-rational, non-linear, and quantum in its essence. I feel like that's what we've done here today. And now you got, you got, you re, you rekindled the fire here real quickly. Cause I think we still, yeah, we're only 11 minutes in right now. Um, is, would you describe that more in the masculine or feminine state? Because I know you've been making videos a lot about that and it seems to be triggering a lot of people. So I'm curious oh, yeah. how that fits into the big picture. It almost sounded like to me, you are promoting, uh, femininity so this is this is a great thank you for bringing this up so there's a way in which um the feminine is the creative the chaotic and the quantum it's everything that's changing constantly however to harness it and to get on the board and get on the wave is masculine so there is a there is a point where they meet and like, for example, in freestyle, if I went full feminine, I would just gibber and like you wouldn't understand me because I would just kind of like go with the energy. The masculine side is like ordering it, finding the groove and discerning and deciding. It's all about decision. Decisiveness is a masculine quality. Deciding what parts of the flow you're going to concretize into reality. So once again, on that on that note, like for the to bring it back full circle with the um, conscious, subconscious, unconscious, would those all be described as the divine feminine, and the, or the conscious would be the masculine to the divine, uh, the other, uh, and the, the the subconscious is the what do you call the tissue between the our corpus two? Corpus callosum. The corpus corpus callosum would be the part that the surfer can see. The board and the surfer making the decisions on what to do with that board would be the divine masculine, and the unconscious would be the divine feminine. Is that is that does that correlate with I, you? I or think is... you nailed it there. There's there's something there like the conscious mind, even in women. Like this is beyond gender, right? Like 
this is uh, the conscious mind is the one making decisions and calculating and using rationality to pilot the ocean. Um, the subconscious mind is the uh, barrier that is permeable. The veil. The veil. Or the, the the division between the sides of the what brain. Where would that fit into biblically, do you think? Ooh, that's a good question. Spiritual acts act and acts. <laughs> that's like when they're riding both waves, potentially. They're walking in tightrope with the two. Maybe. I mean, the Temple of Solomon, this is like deep in the Kabbalah, is like the Temple of Solomon has two pillars, which I forget their name. It's Boaz and something else, but they're like masculine and feminine. And like the doorway into the temple is like the the boundary zone between them. Did you ever watch the Never Ending Story? Oh yeah. And when they <laughs> he had to go through the thing, where, where, where what would get him in that the dragons or something? The fire could burn him. Yeah, or there's something? some. Yeah, I forget the trial. It's one of those archetypal trials we see again. And again. <laughs> I love that. Like I almost feel like like we almost ended the conversation. <laughs> now I'm ready to go for it. Let's restart another one. <laughs> That is walking, that's walking the line, I would say, of the masculine and the feminine is thinking it's going to end, but also curious if it's never going to end. Mm. As long as they're meeting, I feel like it can never end. If they were to exist in a vacuum, you could be like, all right, here's one, here's the other, end of the story. But as long as there's a line of uh, change between them or a fluctuation zone where like new probabilities and new recombinations can occur, then it is a never ending story. And this is interesting on the note of how, how this fits into, I'm wondering if you have anything to say about how this may fit into the two snakes that go up the caduces versus the double headed dragon versus DNA. Oh yeah. In yoga, we call it Ida and Pingala. Ida and Pingala are like the dual channels that wind up the spine that Kundalini takes from the base to the crown. And this has become the symbol of the modern medical profession is the twin snakes winding up the central pillar, which is like, it's just a fancy metaphor for duality. It's like order chaos, yin yang, masculine, feminine. And like the universe in a sense is created by their crossing because if they never touched, like if two parallel lines never touched, You'd have like order and chaos and they'd be like delimited separate zones, right? So one way of saying this is like masculine feminine. I would love it for us to bounce back and forth until we feel somewhat exhausted of different ways of saying that. So I could say masculine feminine and you could say God and the devil. Yeah. And I could say yin yang. And I could say positive negative. And I could say chaos order. And I could say day and night. I could say king and queen. I could say Republican and Democrat. <laughs> I could say pro-life, anti-life. I could say pro-vax, anti-vax. Mm. I could say gun control versus liber or like pacifism. I could say uh, pro-choice versus pro-life. Did you already say that one? In a different way. Perfect. I could say capitalism, communism. I could say moon and the sun. I could say matter, antimatter. I could say space and time. <laughs> I could say lion and tiger. I could say male and female. I could say the conscious and the unconscious. I could say penis and vagina. I could say being and non-being. I could say it's a boy. 
It's a girl. <laughs> oh, I got nothing coming, so that might be the end. I could say nothing and everything. Ooh. I I I man, God and the Devil is like maybe the best one. <laughs> You, already, you said it like the second or, one, though. And or angels and demons. Angels and demons is a good one. Good and evil. I mean, it's like the meta. Goes version. on for infinity and it stops right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, to me, that's being able, what we experimented with right there is seeing life in a paradoxical lens. Hmm. And, um, I think so. Here we are at JP's house, and I think one of his main mentors would be a guy named John McMullen. And when I went to John McMullen's play shop, um, and Carl's good, he would call it Carl's bad in a workshop, but to be paradoxical, oh, I'll, call yeah. it, I'll call it that. And um, he talked about four different levels of consciousness, which is pretty that's a whole nother thing. We just talked about the split, but then there's the quadrant of the heart. Well, I think we were talking about the split of the brain. I think that we, before we were talking about the quadrant and now we're talking about the quadrant of the heart. And he, um, he described it as like literal, metaphorical, paradoxical, and creative. Those are the four mm-hmm. lenses that someone could look at the world through. And I definitely think it's healthy to pump from all four quadrants of our heart. And that's the paradoxical one. And, I think rather than getting caught up in the wipeout or the surf or surfing it is to appreciate both. And then for that, the four layer, now we're talking about four quadrants. What about that? I mean, we can go, we can go King, Warrior, Lover, Magician. We can go, there's probably endless. uh, One of my favorite young quotes, this is trippy because we're talking about Trinity this whole time, but like the quaternary is what Young called it. And like, um, he he thinks sees uh, Christian mythology through a very archetypal, you know, mythological lens. So pre-trigger warning for Christians. He's like the uh, the fourth element of the psyche is so chaotic that the, the first three elements had to banish it to the realm of fire and nations. This is one of the most powerful quotes of all time, in my opinion, because you have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They had to banish Satan or the devil to the unconscious realm because it it would have signified the fourth member. Of a of a cross, right? North, south, east, west. King, warrior, lover, magician. Fire, air, earth, water. Fall, winter, spring, summer. <laughs> Music, mystery, mimetics, and movement. <laughs> the, there's something about the four, like the four quadrants, the four corners. The Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Care Bears. Bingo. Which those like. To, to harken back to Elliot, he makes a strong argument that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are King, Warrior, Lover, Magician, which I'll let the audience figure out which one's which. Did you have a favorite? Did you watch Teen- Teenage Mutant? Oh, yeah. Did you have a favorite one? I mean, Leonardo was my favorite. Leonardo. Was my nice. Yeah. Who do you think my favorite Ninja Turtle was? Because I'm now I'm too biased by like pretending to be conscious to, to really know my answer, but I did have a favorite. I when, mean... I would guess Raphael. For you some got reason. it. You got Bingo. it. Why do you? Bingo. Any guesses on that? I mean, he's for me. He's the warrior archetype. He's kind of the hard ass. Like he was just like, these guys are gonna theorize about it. I'm just gonna kick the ass and just get it done. And like I, 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 I see you like as that a lot of the time. And what about Splinter? <laughs> Who's Splinter? 
Splinter might be like the uh, the shadow aspect. Like he's like the shadow um, wise old man combined because he's like the things they're not seeing and he's the teacher. And he's like, let's go. Let's guide your action. And then uh, April, is that the girl or who is the, the girl? April's the girl. Okay. Yeah. And she's she's the, uh, what Young would call the enema. She's the female projection of the male psyche in these like teenage turtle dudes. <laughs> The turtle too, man. A turtle. We could talk about a turtle for a while with the hard shell and the soft interior. <laughs> and the slow pace. Like the tortoise and the hare. The turtle is like a uh is a protection, like earth element thing. And these guys are eating pizza and kicking ass. And like let's talk about the turtle in the wildlife from how I experienced it, it almost seems as a hero's journey of sorts because there's all thousands of turtles that get birthed at night on the darkest night of the year, like a new moon. And they get to make it to the ocean, <laughs> the the subconscious to the unconscious. <laughs> this is their birthing experience to the new earth. And there are birds diving down. There are people with flashlights. There's all kinds of animals that are getting them. And then a lot of them are not even making it without the animals getting to them. And just getting to the unconscious alone is the hero is a big journey. That's like getting to the mountaintop to realize there's all these other mountain peaks. Right. So they get one out of how many? It's probably similar to a percentage of the sperm that hits the egg. Right. And they get to the unconscious or the ocean, and then they get to face all the other things, the sharks. All the fish, even being able to swim and survive and being able to dive deep enough where they can actually make it. And the ones that do live a long time. Right. That's a profound metaphor right there. There's such a filter for their survival that the ones that make it are like highly, like highly thriving. Yeah, it's built into our, it's built into our, the, the, the narrative of how we understand, how I understand human life is that before Davina was born, millions to billions of sperm were, which each has its own life force in a way. Millions of billions of beings were projected into the into the atmosphere, and it finally it took one one at the right time in the right space and to be accepted and to be nurtured and it's birthed now, and now it has the freedom of choice. Now Davina has a freedom of choice, and wow, what a what a heavenly, what a heavenly opportunity! What a gift! Like, what what is it about evolution and life itself that needs the hero's journey to thrive? This feels like the unasked question you just asked is like, there's something about trials, tribulation, and a filtration system of being that determines the being that gets to live, thrive, and have choice and have freedom. Yeah, I guess without it, there would be no story. <laughs> it's what creates the story. Otherwise, it's just nothing. Mm. Without the story, there is nothing. It sounds like a Shakespeare quote. Uh, so uh, I guess on that, uh, what stories are we telling ourselves? What stories are you telling yourself? What story are you telling yourself, Kevin? Mm, 
I guess the most present story I'm telling myself right now is that uh, by being creative and like pushing into creative territory, which for me, you know, takes a number of forms like freestyle, podcasting, speaking, coaching, events, like, and it's going to take a, a different form for everyone, but by uh, pushing our subconscious, unconscious, conscious minds, and maybe the fourth state of consciousness, which is like the flow state or something. Or like riding the shark <laughs> or taming the dragon. Riding the shark. Whoa. I love that. Yeah, by consciously choosing to uh, breach into that dimension, um, my story is that it's actually, it's helping the whole species. It's like helping me selfishly or selffully to develop myself. Um, but also in that act, there's a, uh, there's a DNA that can be extracted out of it that like, oh, this is, uh, this is beneficial for everyone. Okay, so what I heard you say is from, like, considering that we all are on the same team and or that we all come from the same place or we're all going to the same place, considering that as a possibility that we're all, in the, yeah, that, um, you're acting in accordance to what's, you're aiming to act into accordance what's best for you and everyone simultaneously. Bingo. Yeah. That just seems like a good, that seems like a good way to to aim the cross arrows of our of our choice of life yeah i I think it's a good bet because as i win humanity wins and existence wins so that's a win-win-win which just seems like a good one that's like the holy trinity of infinity Ooh, that's a that's a good track title (laughs) on that note i would on that i i remember a future to to because we're getting close to here to actually the next creative constraint of dinner um i remember a future of not of you uh, laying down a track about breaking normal so that I can share as like, here's a breaking normal song because on the note of Hal, he introduced me to a guy named called brother James and I, and brother James is awesome. He's on Spotify. You should check him out. And he um, has a song called the miracle morning. And I was like, this is genius. Like sing about mm. singing about books or you know, books and or movies. Um, because then that's like just a infinity situation. Right. Because then I'll want to, Obviously, for my own selfful and trusting, it's for the best of everyone. Want to promote it because it's about breaking normal and is simultaneously sharing someone that I believe in that's also aiming to act in accordance to the highest for everyone and everything. I also remember that future. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a future where music and hip hop and spoken word actually became a viral marketing tactic that was accepted by the mainstream. And that's also like remembering the past of Shakespeare, most likely. He <laughs> <laughs> got there first. It's true. This is, yeah. And, and, and well, we can do it better. We can do it better. And I bet he believed we'll do it better. And that's the difference between a vicious cycle and an upward spiral. That's a bar right there. Like, a, yeah, that's like DNA. <laughs> well, that's good. This, this is good. This is good. This is good. Thank you. This has been good. It will be good. And it is good right now. Rasta. Cheers. Boom. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Okay. I'm going to make this outro ubiquitous for the first 12 episodes. And 
it's basically me taking my own advice, walking my talk, and asking for what I want without being attached to getting it. And that's a, a review on this podcast. A review on the Breaking Normal book, whether it's on Amazon or Audible. For y'all to start Breaking Normal and let me know what it does for you. This is a big expression of my heart and soul. And it's another iteration of self-acceptance through self-expression. And I do believe that what's most personal is most universal. It's a great guiding light for how to communicate with one another. So if this added value to your life, and even if you think it didn't, let me know through a review. And uh, don't forget about that. We're going to be giving away a free tribe design to someone that leaves a review on the podcast. So go to BreakingNormal.com and check out the podcast section and uh, be eligible to win. To take action at least putting yourself in a position to win this prize. And maybe this will be a big symbolic step. Like one small step here may take a giant leap for the rest of your life to put yourself in the opportunity to win. Which also puts yourself in the opportunity not to win. Which is... Both are a win, in my opinion. So let's tap into that vibration of winfinity and join us on that journey and keep breaking normal and stay in touch and be sure to ask for what you want without being attached to getting it to the people that would matter the most. And if that's to me, reach out to me. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear about it. Much love to you all. I look forward to exploring this infinite, evolving adventure out loud, authentically, synergistically, alchemically, and in respect to the divine. God bless.